0: Welcome to Refrangible. I'm your host, Jennifer Fields.
1: And I'm Jonah Chester.
0: Jonah, did you have a favorite toy growing up?
1: Yeah, mine was a plastic Voltron action figure, which I actually still keep next to my desk in my office it's from this 1980s japanese cartoon series where these people pilot lion robots and then at at some point in each episode they all join up to form a massive robot to fight aliens
0: what's yours i could never pick just one thing so mine was this colorful quilted box that my mother gave me and i still use it to store small secrets and other objects And, you know,
1: whether they're handmade in some artisan shop or mass produced on an assembly line, toys play a really important role in our development as children.
0: Over the past couple of episodes, we've touched on some pretty difficult and complex topics. So we figured we'd take a break. For our final episode of this season, we're examining toys and why we develop such strong attachment to seemingly insignificant pieces of plastic.
1: I know I had a lot of toys growing up When we lived in the old house We had like an entire room dedicated to toys That might have just been because we didn't have Like any better use for the room But was there any toy that I was like Particularly attached to that you guys noticed? Buzz Lightyear
2: Yes, definitely Your Buzz Lightyear That had a button And when you push the button He would say Really loud To infinity and beyond
3: and he vibrated. He, didn't he vibrate or something like that? He shit?
2: vibrated. He, like, lit up. Yep, yep. He did it all.
3: My favorite story about Buzz Lightyear was, you remember, we had long concrete driveway down to that house. And I think it must have been, it was early a.m. I'm thinking somewhere between 4 and 5 a.m. And all of a sudden, when all the windows are closed on that house. And it was, you know, hard to hear things outside. All of a sudden, I hear Buzz Lightyear out on the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> he, was he was going off, going to infinity and beyond. And his, <laughs> Then he had like a song he played and everything. Then like, oh, like a, like a
2: spaceship take oh that was
3: it. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to go out and get Buzz off the driveway.
1: I remember, cause I, I remember liking Buzz Lightyear when I was younger and I can't remember who it was in the family got me a Buzz Lightyear pinata and like, there aren't a lot of great occasions to use a pinata for. So it just sat in my room for what seemed like years at that time. But like given my condensed view of like time when I was five was probably actually just like a few months. And that thing scared the crap out of me because it just had this like weird, like Buzz Lightyear pose it would do in the corner of my room. And to have this like really like dead smile. I must have I must have blocked out the Buzz Lightyear toy because I had such an unfortunate experience with the Buzz Lightyear pinata.
2: And you made me put it in your closet because you were scared of that. You remember that?
1: Yeah, I think I remember that because I think I covered it in (laughs) blankets originally because it it just scared the crap out of me so much. (laughs) Was there was there like any particular reason I was attached to that toy or was it just because it was like the brightest and loudest? There are toys that certainly I've had that have, like, endured the test of time. Like, I brought home, like, a small box of toys when last I was home, and I came back to Madison. I don't know why I would have been so attached to that one.
2: I think just because, like, I think the very first Toy Story that we saw, you just, like, remembered everything about it. And it was just, like, you were two years old. We saw it at the old Artcraft Theater in Franklin. And you just loved it. And then we went to see, I think, I guess maybe we were obsessed with him, too. Uh, we went to see Toy Story on Ice. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do uh, you remember that? The ice skating Disney production, Toy Story on Ice?
3: We were so naive. We bought wholly into the disney aspect. thing. We did. We just bought into the corporate philosophy.
1: Whatever happened to Buzz Lightyear, the, the toy, like the actual toy, not the, not the Toy Story character, continues to be a profit source for Disney. Did we ever keep track of him after my childhood, or did he just sort of drop off the map?
3: Jonah, I'm, I'm cleaning out the attic. I've yet to come across uh, Buzz Lightyear, but if he shows up, hopefully we took the batteries out of him. Because I think that he, uh, if we took the batteries out of him, he'd probably still be wholly functional. Mm-hmm.
1: And he'd be worth some money. So we could we could also make some money off of Buzz Lightyear.
3: We might be able to sell buzz go on a trip to Disney World.
2: So Ana, uh, do you remember I don't know if you remember this or not, but do you remember taking Buzz Lightyear to church with you oh, one God. Sunday morning? <laughs> <laughs> and we were sitting in <laughs> church service and you start pushing the button. We're in the middle of a sermon and Buzz is saying to infinity. (laughs) (laughs) And Pastor Steve (laughs) just broke out laughing. It was, was, I mean, everybody was laughing. I took
3: it in stride. It was hilarious. It
2: was was so funny. Do you remember that?
3: Yeah, I remember that.
2: I'd forgotten that
3: story too, Carla. That's great. It was kind of, a, it was a church with a couple hundred people, but it was big enough that it was, no, not huge, but small enough that people just took it in stride and laughed. They thought it was funny, you know? Yeah.
1: I hope, Uh. By, as an aside, circling back around, I hope when you go into the attic, if you find Buzz Lightyear, the doll or the action figure, I hope, like, standing somewhere in the back of our attic isn't also Buzz Lightyear, the pinata. I can't remember if we ever if we ever sent him off or if he still survives in some form,
3: so if he's around, he'll be in the totes up there because there are still a few totes I haven't gone through. A mom, mom's greatest concern is that you would probably find great humor in it going through those totes because there are totes of stuffed animals up there that I think somewhere along the line you said, hang on to those, they might be worth somebody. <laughs> so Some Buzz may be in there nestled with the stuffed animals. Have, uh, beanie, baby. Beanie, baby.
2: Yeah.
3: beanie babies. Those
1: beanie babies will be worth something eventually. Those, those only appreciate in value in the long run. If you find any toys from the late nineties, those are, did I tell you, so I went to the children's museum in Indianapolis, like a few years ago and they they have like, it's a children's museum. So obviously they have like a toy exhibit and I went up and like in this exhibit at the museum and like the historic, the special historical artifacts case, they had toys that I recognized from my childhood. And at the time I was like 24 and I'm like, I'm not old enough for my, for my childhood toys to be in a museum case at this point. So, hey, if you find anything, you you might want to consider donating it to the Children's Museum of Indianapolis. And,
3: uh, well, we're slowly purging those things so that, you know, we've learned from you to live a light, live on the world lightly. And we're trying to uh, give yeah. those repurpose those to people that will appreciate them and, and get use out of them. We have small kids. So. Mm-hmm. But there's still totes up there that I'm slowly taking mm-hmm. out one at a time and going through.
4: Nikki Hollander, and I am Grandma Kitchy. Well, I think it started basically in high school, and I was thrifting and looking for all of the things that nobody wanted and things that were outrageous, including wearing all polyester um, clothes and leisure suit type of clothes, some ringer tees, you know, in the 90s. So I was wearing vintage clothes and stuff and, you know, real kitschy stuff there, collecting. Then I just finally kind of got so much kitschiness and decided to do, I had to share it with the world and start selling it. It's interesting to me that, A, Nikki, you were flammable. (laughs) Definitely. I could have. And I did melt several times in that polyester.
0: (laughs) I could just imagine it. And B, you were collecting things that you had decided no one else wanted. Yes. At least I thought. Did you feel some connection with these objects, like you had to save them? Or was it part of your personality to seek out something that other people wouldn't
4: find valuable? I think it was probably both. Um, I, I kind of did the same thing with my music tastes too. And I kind of um, seeked out uh, things people had never heard of and, and kind of immersed myself in that too. But at, you know, thrift stores, it would just be something that caught my eye basically. And, you know, it it would have to be colorful, of course, Um, So the things were just calling to me. And now I think I'm at the point 25 years later where I feel like I'm actually rescuing things. So I don't think I thought of it then as rescuing. Now I definitely rescue.
0: That's interesting because we usually think of things that are rescued as being alive. What calls to you to rescue these things? And I'll back up a little bit. I grew up with the parents who grew up in the depression. Mm -hmm. And so even though I don't collect a lot of stuff, when I start getting rid of stuff, I have to break myself of the habit of this has to go to a particular person. Ah. This person has to have this thing. So it's not, I I don't know if I would call it rescuing it, but I feel like it's my responsibility to extend the life of this object somewhere where someone will take care of it. Hmm.
4: Hmm, that's interesting that would be a good way to put it um, when I would rescue something and I use you know air Bunny quotes um, the it's like I see it on the shelf and I feel like it's been discarded already once and nobody wants it then so then I wonder how long has it been sitting on the shelf and I grab it because it just kind of, I, I hate to Marie Kondo anything because I'm totally the opposite of minimalism, but it sparks joy, you know, and I, I think I just have a problem in my brain with too many different things sparking joy. Um, so then I feel like I've got to rescue them, put them in my house on display. And then when I've had my time with them, I can move them along to, to the, the hopeful, hopefully there's a next owner and you know, whether or not I give it to my sister as a birthday gift, which has happened before, or um, I sell it online or take it to a vintage show or whatever. um, I, I just feel like I had a connection with it and I rescued it off the shelf so it didn't have to go in the garbage, in the landfill, what have you. And then I pass it along to the next person. Hopefully they do the
0: same thing. The object doesn't know it's sitting on the shelf. The object doesn't know and no one wants it. It doesn't have conscious. You know, it's, it doesn't know it exists. Mm-hmm. So where does that come in? Hmm. That's pretty deep. Um, Sometimes I get their girl. Hey. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you've always been deep. <laughs> uh, um well that's a good point. Um I know that these things don't really breathe. Um but I I just feel like hmm I feel like maybe there's a spirit around it or something. And you know, I I I'll feel bad if if the person that likes it doesn't ever get it, and it's almost like a prize, maybe a, a a breathing prize. But then I also am really into the the reduce, reuse, recycle aspect of it because I've been, you know, I've worked for multiple stores that have that essential quality about them as well, reselling used building products and keeping all that stuff out of the landfill. So, you know, something I'm I'm proud of that that's kind of a, a bonus, I guess. I'm not doing it just for that purpose. It's a bonus.
0: Nikki, do you think that it gets amped up when it's a toy? And I'll have to, sh- you know, I'll come clean here. I have things that my mother has given me I hate, I don't I don't like them. She g- she gave me this stuffed bunny that I want to have like like Omar or somebody tattoo. Yeah. She gave me this stuffed bunny. I don't like it. It's put away. So I shouldn't say I don't like it. It's not to my taste. It's uh-huh. very cottage core, and I'm not cottage core at all. all right. And I can't get rid of it. Hmm. Even before she passed away, I couldn't get rid of it because I can't think. I, I'm trying to figure out which kid would be the perfect kid to get this bunny. And then I look at this bunny that's like this, you know, it's just like linen white bunny. I'm like, I can't give this to some kid. They're going to ruin it. Mm -hmm. So I have this thing I don't want Mm -hmm. that I don't have an emotional connection to, but I still can't get rid of it because there is sort of like this. I look at it and it's cute, (laughs) but there is some sort of like, I know what it is. Huh. I don't want to be the last stop on that object's ride.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: I yeah. want that object to to exist somewhere and have a, a long existence and presence after me, mm-hmm. Which which is weird because I truly don't care about this thing, but clearly I do. Yeah, it
4: sounds like you do. <laughs> 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 yes, it sounds like you have... It it almost sounds like it's baggage. Yes. Yeah. Like like emotional slash non-emotional baggage. You know, it is, but it isn't. And and your mother did give it to you. So that's in the back of your mind, even though you don't really care, but you kind of do. Yeah, I kind of well, do. Yeah. I kind of don't and I kind of do. I think it would be funny tattooed.
0: Yeah. I think it would be hilarious be tattooed. But I think, guess. Nikki, the interesting thing for me is that there's something about toys that really
4: pulls me in. Do you have that same experience? I do. I do. A lot of it, I think, has to do with reminiscing and... um when I see something, I think, oh, my God, I used to have that. Or my neighbor used to have that. My best friend used to have that. and I was so jealous. Now I can finally have it myself. Oh, my mom had this toy. Or I bet my mom would like this toy because she might have used to have it. Um, but a lot of the times with toys with me, it's a, it's a graphic um Love and I love the graphics on the toys. Toys as objects, more or less than emotional items. But I love the fact that it it brings memories to people. For instance, I brought a, an avocado green um, easy bake oven in Girl, the box. Shut up. Yes, two. Oh. Yeah, it's crazy. I brought it to the vintage garage um, on Sunday and it's I made it at an affordable price but it was the draw to my booth because everybody had it or had a connection with it or even remembers the car, the the commercials on TV for it. So it's this really like strong hold that they got but guess what nobody bought it. Interesting. <laughs> That's
0: so weird. It's like I can't figure it out. I would have pushed people over because mine was green. Mm -hmm. And I can remember (laughs) this is this tells you about my parents. They wouldn't let me put this put that mess they sent with it. My Mm -hmm. mother helped me figure out how to make small batches so I can make things that she knew what was in it. Oh, she's like, You don't know, you Lord only knows what's in that mix they sent you with that thing. I can do better than
4: that. And she could. Oh, that's awesome. I had just the stupid white envelope of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'll trade that. That's that's good. See, now that like sparked this very, very specific memory. So that's kind of interesting, you know, not just a longing for it, but, you know, not a I have to have it or I myself, I bought it because I thought, oh, I can hang it on the wall and use it as a shelf. You know, I could put something else on top of it.
0: (laughs) That's a good idea. And because it does have that flat area where you could put something small on there.
4: Yeah, yeah. that's exactly why I bought it. So, you know, for the colors, for for the style, for for the graphic qualities of it, you know, because I guess maybe that's where my art side plays into it, I suppose, I don't know. But, you know, the, the picture of the girl there on the cover or on the cover of the box baking the cake, you know, that's that's just,
0: I don't know why I love it. So then I wonder if the, the loving, the graphic part of it is more of a connection to the story mm-hmm. than the actual physical object itself.
4: Yeah, it, it very well could be. Nostalgia can be a
0: physical, an emotional, a chemical reaction to seeing something, mm-hmm. especially a toy. Mm-hmm. I can imagine when people come up to your booth to buy, to look at what you're selling, that you hear a lot of, oh,
4: my God. Mm-hmm. That's basically all I hear all the time. And and that's okay with me. You know, it, it's a bonus if they buy something but you know I, i'm bringing them the memories
0: <laughs> You're the, the bringer of memories
4: bringer. the memory bringer
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you think that there is a cult this is okay i'm just going to say it it seems to me that there's a culture around collecting toys it's kind of the, just the dress and how people carry themselves goes from like the 50s to the 80s
4: Have you noticed that or am I just crazy? Well, I'm crazy, but you know what I mean. (laughs) No, I have noticed that. And it is definitely kind of the, I mean this with all respect, kind of the nerdier people um, that are the toy collectors. And like I said, I mean that in the most loving way because I'm, a huge nerd. Oh, we're um, both there. Yeah, yeah. Um and of course there are different levels of nerdity like somebody will collect all the Star Wars things from when they grew up in the 70s and 80s and another nerdy person will collect some Pokemon cards that were from the mid 90s. So, but but those two people they're probably they could be friends. And I do see that when I'm out doing my vintage shows and, and people will see the same item, people that don't know each other and they'll see it at the same time and they'll, oh, do you remember the commercial? How funny was that commercial? What a weird commercial, you know. And it is something that these people can talk about. And, you know, if you're if you're at some type of show, some type of convention. You are the type of person that goes to those. That next person is the type of person that goes to those as well. So you already have something in common, even if you don't have anything in common. You know, you can feel comfortable going up to that person and saying, hey, look at this. But you don't have to. And I think it's cool to have people, people that you know have the same likes and dislikes. I think is a very big thing. And I think people our age, when we're seeing them in action at these types of things, we're seeing the people that are finally, hopefully comfortable in their lives and they can spend $50 on a toy that they had when they were growing up either for them to look at or for their kids to play with, like how they grew up. So I think that, right, you know, I think it's been this, it's always this wave of what we grew up with is kind of what we want again, or my neighbor had that toy. I never had it. I always wanted it. And I've got 20 extra dollars because I'm a grown up now and I can afford it. And I make the rules myself, right? That's right. So I'll buy what I want. I'll have a muffin for breakfast and that's all. <laughs> oh, a muffin. Wow, that's good. I had a
0: cupcake.
4: <laughs> oh, I would have had
0: a cupcake, but I don't You know, It's like, okay, coffee and frosting together sometimes is weird.
4: Oh, it kind of coats your mouth weird. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: You've been listening to Refrangible, a production for the Center for Design and Material Culture at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And thanks to our guests for this episode, Nikki Hollander, also known as Grandma Kitchy.
1: And my parents, Mark and Carla Chester.
0: We mentioned at the top of this show, but this is our last episode of the season. If you're new to the podcast, we've got a lot of older content that you can still check out and enjoy.
1: And if you like the show, as always, give us a shout out on social media. You can just tweet at UW underscore I'm Jonah Chester. And I'm your host, Jennifer Fields.
0: Thanks for listening.